welcome my friends, my family, my brothers, my sisters, and everyone interested in this ancient text called the Bible, written hundreds, thousands of years ago, and yet is supposed to mean something to us today. I am Jonathan, host of The Dumb Christian, also the inventor of the popcorn cookie. And we're going to explore this book. And as we do, we might get a little excited, just a bit colorful. So buckle up and welcome to Dumb Christian. The Gospels are the four books in the New Testament that contain the life, teachings, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And in these Gospels, it is they are littered with stories called parables. And the first church that I worked at had a really cute uh, definition for a parable, and that's what we're going to go with today. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. It's a story that we can relate to and understand, but under the surface, there's a hidden meaning for us to glean from it. There's something beneath the surface for us to find. And in Luke chapter 16, um, your Bible probably will identify this story as the parable of the shrewd manager, or maybe the parable of the dishonest manager. And as always, I highly recommend go read it yourself. God said it the way he wants to say it, and he'll always say it better than I can say it. Here at Dumb Christian, we're just trying to wrap our heads around this story, and we're going to need to because it sounds like Jesus is actually encouraging us to be manipulative, conniving backstabbers. Yeah, the Bible's about to get real. So you and me, let's go. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells a series of parables about finding lost earthly valuables as a metaphor for finding heavenly treasure. And then in an instant, he shifts gears and tells this story, frequently called the parable of the shrewd manager or the dishonest manager. And this is basically how it unfolds. Once upon a time, there was a hotshot college grad from the Ivy Leagues who started a massively popular website with his roommate, and it just exploded, and they started to make Boku bucks. But this uh, business owner decides to scam his business partner out of his share of the company, and he uh, gets to acquire for himself all the perks and all the benefits for himself, affording himself the highest luxuries that life can afford. And this website begins to blow up, and it begins to expand, and his uh, ability to put his fingers in other business ventures uh, increases, and so he takes on more companies and he has contracts and dealings with other businesses so much so that he can't continue to manage it all by himself. But he's doing so well for himself that he doesn't need to. He can afford to hire a manager to manage all these business dealings and all his contracts and all the ways that he interacts with these other business owners. So he hires a manager to take care of all of the dealings going on within the company. But the problem is that this manager thinks just like the business owner, and he begins to scam 
and manipulate the records and cheat so that he can acquire for himself the highest qualities that life can afford. He uses the company card to take girls out on dates. He gets himself a company car worth $200,000, and he goes on elite vacations under the guise of company retreats. Well, when did this transgression makes its way back to the business owner. The business owner pulls in the manager and says, what, what do you think you could pull this over my eyes? Bro, I was scamming people while you were still in diapers. I invented the scam. You can't scam me and get away with it. No way. So he says to the business manager, go clean out your desk. Security guard is walking him back to his office and he begins to think to himself, Man, I am royally screwed here. This is going to look so bad on my resume. There's no way I'm going to get a job. What can I possibly do to salvage this situation right now? Because I can't do hard labor. I just refuse to do it. I won't go into construction. No way. I'm too proud to beg. And there are a few jobs that I'm too proud to, to work as well. So as long as it's not too hard or too embarrassing, I will do anything to preserve my standard of living. And they pass, they begin to pass the server room that keeps all of the records of their business dealings and the contracts that they have and the bills that other companies owe the business owner. And he thinks to himself, if, if I can get in there, and I can send out some updated contracts where the storefront rent is reduced from 10000 a month to 5000 a month. I bet I could get in good with those stores and those businesses. Or if I can reduce the bill, the debt that these other companies owe the, the business owner, they'll look favorably upon me because I helped them out. And maybe, just maybe... They will give me a job when I get out of here, or at least they'll help me until I get back on my feet. And so he manages to distract the security guard with something shiny, and his badge still works. It hasn't been deactivated yet. So he sneaks into the server room, hacks the system, I'm in. And he begins to change and update the contracts so that rent is reduced and that bills and debts are reduced so that these, with, his, with this manager's name attached to those updated notifications... The security guard busts in, finds him. You're not supposed to be in here. Oh, I'm sorry. I got lost looking for the bathroom. I'm winking, for those of you just listening. Security guard escorts him out. He cleans out his desk, gets his badge taken away, gets kicked out. A week later, the business owner is on his yacht sipping mimosas with Jeff Bezos. <clears throat> And they're going back and forth telling their war stories about how hard they have it as billionaires. And the business owner recounts this dealing, this manager he just had to fire. And he says, man, you wouldn't believe it. I hired this guy to take care of my whole business. And he tried to scam me. Can you believe that? Can you believe this guy? And Jeff Bezos says, are, are you talking about Bjorgen Bergenstein Festersenten? The names have been changed to protect the innocent. And the business owner says, yeah, I had to fire that guy because he was scamming me. And Jeff Bezos says, that's so weird because a week ago, we got a notification from him that you were actually updating our contract to give us huge kickbacks. And we thought that was fantastic. He, he actually sent us 
his application and he has an interview later this week. I was wondering why he applied for a job because I knew he worked for you. But now that makes sense. Do you want me to cancel the interview? And the business owner says, oh, that son of a bitch. He did exactly what I would have done. Well, good for him, but he ain't getting anything else out of me. And that's where Jesus ends the story. Jesus ends the story by saying the business owner commended the shrewd manager, the dishonest manager. He said, huh, that's one smart fella. And that's it. And then Jesus goes at a weird, abrupt ending to the story. He transitions into the moral. And he says the moral of the story is make for yourself friends using the valuables of this world, unrighteous wealth, so that you can have eternal relationships with them. Okay. At the start, right off the surface, it sounds like Jesus is saying, use manipulative methods and means to make for yourself friends in this world using whatever method you have at your disposal so that you can have eternal relationships with them. This doesn't seem to fit the typical narrative that Jesus is painting for us, the picture that he wants us to understand about God and morality and how we live our life in this world. So let's pause on the the story of the shrewd manager, the dishonest manager, for a second. Because later that day, a very rich young man actually comes up to Jesus And I think this is going to give us some insight into the story that Jesus told. And we'll come back to it here in a second. But a very rich young man, we don't know how he got his wealth. We don't know what he did to acquire it. But he can definitely afford for himself the highest quality that life has to offer. And he comes up to Jesus and he says, Ah, good teacher. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Basically, what he's saying is, I recognize that you're a good person, you're wise, you know what you're talking about. What do I have to do to be good enough to win heaven? Uh, The word inherit in Greek uh, typically meant uh, casting lots for an inheritance, basically gambling, playing the lottery. What what do I have to do to win in eternal life? And Let's also take a quick caveat to acknowledge that he's not simply saying, what do I have to do to live forever? Because I think most of us would acknowledge that and and agree that if I had to live this life, this crappy up and down roller coaster of depression, despair, fear, and hopelessness, barely making ends meet, if I had to do that forever, no thank you. So what he's asking is, How do I win the highest quality of life? Eternal life is the highest experience that you can have, the greatest quality of life there is to be had forever. It's an eternal quality of life. Good teacher, what do I have to do to win eternal life? And Jesus immediately changes the tone 
of the, the conversation, the interaction, and the question. He says, why do you think you have the right to call me good? Jesus isn't saying that he's not good. Jesus is good. But what he's addressing and identifying is that the rich young person thinks he's qualified to determine what is and what is not good. And Jesus says, let's set things, set one thing straight here before we move on to your question. The Father is the only one who's good. The one who created all things, the one who created good things, he's the only one who's really, truly good. He's the only one who really, truly gets to say what's good. So let's just establish that right off the bat. We don't get to determine what's good. This is what Jesus is trying to establish for the rich young person. It's not up to us. It's up to the Father. So let's just start there. Then he says, however, this is a really great question. I'm glad you asked. So let's start with the basics. Do you love and obey God? And the rich young ruler says, yeah. I mean, I've been doing it since I was a kid. I went to VBS. I went to Sunday school. I memorized the order of the books of the Bible. I've done it all. I've even honored my mother and father. I have done all the stuff that has made me what I consider to be a good person. Jesus says, oh, so you love and obey God? You know God? You've gone through the study. You've memorized his word. You're familiar with the Father? The rich young ruler says, yeah, yeah. And Jesus says, oh, that's fantastic. I would say there's only one thing left for you to add to your resume so that you can actually experience and walk in the eternal quality of life. And the rich young ruler says, only one thing? Sweet, name it, I'm in. And Jesus says, take all the things that have afforded you the highest quality of life that you've ever experienced and give those things to people who would never otherwise experience those qualities of life. Sell all your possessions and give to the poor. He says, if you know God... The way to experience the highest quality of life is to live with the character qualities of God. Be generous with what you value. The Probably the most famous Bible verse of all time is John 3.16. If you know it, say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave... God loved a broken world, a sinful world, so much that he was generous with his valuable possessions to this sinful, broken world. He is generous. He's a giving God. He is generous with his goodness to afford people who would never otherwise experience the qualities of life afforded to them unless God had been generous with his goodness. We don't have time to get into why not everyone gets to experience those qualities. We will at some point. We'll have to because that's in Scripture as well. But for now, Jesus is saying, if you want to experience the highest quality of life, the way you do it is to know the Father and put into motion his character qualities in your life. And then it says, the rich young man walked away sad. 
he was devastated. A quick side note here. This is the only time that I can think of, if if you can think of another time where a scripture tells of a story like this, let me know in the comments. But this is the only time that I can think of where someone walked away from their encounter with Jesus sad. The majority of the time, people, people are confronted with the brokenness in their lives isn't to make them sad. Jesus's goal isn't to make them sad. It's to make us aware of the reality of the life that we're living in, in light of God's good purpose for us, his good loving design for us, not to shame us, not to embarrass us, not to make us sad. But the guy walked away sad because he didn't want to receive what Jesus had set for himself. Because for whatever his reason, he said, acting the way God acts, being generous, giving away the things that I've worked to accumulate for myself, giving that extends beyond the boundaries I've set for myself. Either it's too hard or it's too embarrassing to walk that path and to give as generously as God gives. It's either too hard or it's too embarrassing. And he walked away sad. I want us to realize that Jesus's goal is never to make us sad. I think there are plenty of times where we've gone to CIY, youth retreats, church camp, and when we're enco- when we encounter messages of Jesus and what He wants for us. We're made to feel sad, and then we begin to think that, oh, Jesus just wants me to feel sad and bad about how terrible of a person I am. No, he wants us to acknowledge the life we are living in light of God's good purpose for us, but his goal is not to make us sad, but to draw us into God's generous goodness, to know the Father, to know how generous he is, so that in turn, it would rub off on us, and we too would be generous like the Father, leading us into an experience of the highest quality of life that can be had. So, with that in mind, let's go back to the story of the shrewd manager, the dishonest manager. Jesus says, Make for yourself friends by means of unrighteous wealth. And the reason, I think the reason this is so difficult for us to wrap our heads around and to understand what he's trying to say is because we're looking at it as though it were a parable. Jesus uses all different types of teaching methods to convey. He uses object lessons. He uses... um, you know, current current affairs and um, stories and parables. And I, I think what he's actually doing with the story of the shrewd manager, the dishonest manager, is I, and, and I could be wrong, I'm, a, I'm just a dumb Christian, but the more I read it, the more I press into this story, it doesn't seem like it's meant to be a parable, but it's meant to be a mirror. Jesus is holding up a mirror to all of us and saying... This is how all of you act. This is how the whole world behaves. And we might resist and say, whoa, Jesus, hold your horses because 
I may fantasize about sipping mimosas on a yacht with Jeff Bezos, but I would never lie, steal, or cheat to get there. <clears throat> and, and Jesus responds with, yeah, that's fine, but even look at the dishonest manager. Once his ability to lie, steal, and cheat was discovered and removed from his uh, bag of tools, he said, I'll do anything to preserve my standard of living as long as it's not too hard or too embarrassing. And ultimately, this is us. We will do whatever we can to afford ourselves the highest quality of living as long as the work isn't too hard and it's not too embarrassing. We'll do whatever it takes to acquire for ourselves. And Jesus says, actually, do whatever it takes to acquire for others the highest quality of life. Know the Father. Be generous like the Father. Give those things that we would normally hold on to for ourselves because that's the access to the highest quality of life, to experiencing a greater quality of life than simply holding on to the things that we've worked for for ourselves. And I think for a lot of us, it would be very easy for us to walk into the headspace and the mind frame that says, that's either too hard or too embarrassing. I've worked really hard to acquire for myself this minimum wage you know, job, this crappy apartment. And I'm not just going to give that away. Jesus says in John chapter 17, verse 3, he says, eternal life, the highest quality that you can experience in life is knowing the Father knowing the father and and then it knowing the father and his, the way he lives his character traits rubs off on us and we become we start to live like the father and in John 3:16 that verse for God so loved the world that he gave his most valuable possession he gave that thing that was most valuable to him he gave his son to a broken sinful world in hopes that just maybe he could have right relationship with everyone forever. Forever. And Jesus is saying, you, you want to walk in the eternal quality of life? It looks like knowing the Father and then living like the Father and being generous even with those things that are most valuable to us, most precious to us, the things that we can't possibly imagine that we would share with someone else who would never otherwise get to experience those qualities of life. Sometimes the Bible is straightforward and it's a simple explanation, but sometimes there's layers and layers that we have to continue to peel back to understand what's happening here. And this is just one of those situations. Jesus is saying, look, there's layers. This is who you are. You fight and connive to get for yourself the highest experience of life. But if you want to really, truly experience the highest quality of life, it's 
getting to know the Father and living in the generosity of God, sharing that with others. And that's the Bible. I have been your host, the dumb Christian. Love you guys. Next time. Special shout out to Christy Coins Kern, who designed our dope logo. Thanks, Coins. And thank you guys for joining us on Dumb Christian. Seriously, uh, I'm so appreciative that you're walking through some of these complex issues with me. And um, please leave us a like. Let us know what you like to review um, and uh, what you'd like to hear more about. Uh, yeah, share this with your friends, your family, so that we don't try and do it on our own. And we'll catch you guys next time. Love you guys. Um, 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 um.